Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, all together now, is indeed led by the barrels and the dills, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Neil Riddell in just a few moments, but first, our play-by-play call of the day. Baylor stops UConn's 126-game regular season winning streak at the Farrell Center in Waco. Collier rejects Cox. Jackson's got it. And hits! And for the first time, Kim Mulkey's got a win against number one. A signature upset in Waco, Texas. Dance on, young lady. Kalani Brown with 20 points and 17 rebounds. And indeed, that is our old friend Adam Amin, one of the best in the business, with the call last night at ESPN as Baylor beat UConn in women's basketball. Very pleased to be joined by old friend Neil Riddell from the Altoona Mirror. Neil, Happy New Year. Great to hear you. To you as well, Steve. Thank you. Uh, I want to start with Kevin Givens. You would know the situation better than I do. Football aside, what kind of family background does he have? And would would this be a case where he would certainly be helping his family out by going to the professional ranks? Well, I guess that depends, Steve. I mean, uh, if it all comes through through for him, I hope he's right. Um, You know, I think that, you know, it's easy for... It's easy for a lot of people to say, "Well, you know, why is he leaving?" We don't know the the uh, you know what what people's personal background is. I'm, I'm you know I think he, Kevin has had his challenges, uh, but I think Penn State did a really good job to get him to right. this point. Um, it kind of began to circulate, you know, probably within the past few couple, three, four weeks, that maybe maybe he was considering this, and I think it speaks to what James mentioned at uh, at the December fourteenth press conference about how agents can now talk to these kids. I mean, that's been in place for about five years, and um, you know, the the uh, the schools, the NCAA couldn't police it, and so it's sort of open season. And that's probably what happened. There was some temptation, and um, Kevin played, I guess, you know, he he improved, I think, as it went on, for sure. Uh, I think a lot of us felt he could benefit from one more year, maybe mm-hmm. may play himself up into a higher pick, but who knows? Uh, maybe Maybe he's the kind of kid that can go to the combine if you can run fast enough or jump high enough, or in his case, lift the kind of weight that he does. Um, you know, hopefully his dreams can come through that way. 
Uh, it's interesting because Penn State has had players go early to the, to the draft. Saquon Barkley, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, uh, I mean, LeVar Arrington. I mean, you can go through a long list all the way back to Mike Munchak. But it's always been singular cases. A guy left. Oh, gee, okay, how do you replace Godwin? Oh, gee, Robinson left. How do you replace Robinson? It's the first time it's ever happened where five guys have left at once. Is that part of the shock system, in your opinion, for Penn State fans? I think so. Um, you know, like you know, it used to be that that if you were going to be a first uh, first round draft pick, you know, everybody wished you well. I mean, I remember Kajana Carter was pretty much in tears, did not want to go. But you don't right. really have a choice uh, yeah. with that kind of life generational money, uh, life changing money for. So, but I, I think that to me, um, some of these kids, it was understandable. Uh, you know, Sharif Miller, people had the perception he was going to leave Miles with, you know, running backs can only take so many hits. McGovern is rated super high. Uh, but then when Bates left and then when Givens left, it began to really uh, kind of open the floodgates. Uh, I thought, busy day of news the day after the bowl game. We're not used to that uh, with a dismissal of receivers coach, too. But. You know, I think that the the fact that there's five is a little bit uh, alarming. Um, maybe case by case basis, you can understand each, but the collectively, it makes it look like, geez, uh, they have some real replacement work to do. Yeah, and what's interesting is that uh, you know, I believe all five would benefit and become better football players by staying another year. Okay, so that said. But that's not the reality of the real world, because also something has to be factored into this as well. By waiting another year, there's also going to be a lot of of young players next year ending the draft, and they may not improve their draft position even though they're a better player. Yeah, and we don't know yet whether this is it, whether there's maybe another kid or two uh, that's going to come out. I mean, there were four, and then Sanders took an extra day, so maybe there's kids that are still mulling is it is it january 5th is that the day steve do you know that's the 14th i think okay yeah yeah because remember uh, they they can't do anything about this until after the national championship game for example they expect four to six alabama players come out but they don't they're not going to declare before the game just as the penn state kids didn't right yeah yeah, I think it is unusual. Kind of makes me wonder um, that what we're dealing with in college football now is a little more impatience, you know, with the, the size of contracts that are out there. Um, and there's no let up for these kids. And I, and I think you're starting to see that, uh, that uh, it's like they, they, they're hardly ever off. I mean, from. Uh, you know, I, I think they flew back right after the game, right? Yeah, they did. So, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of wonder whether everyone needs to take stock of where the sport is right now. And I don't just mean Penn State. You're going to play a national championship game tomorrow in Santa Clara, and already they're talking about a lot of some empty seats because of proximity, um, repetitiveness of, of uh, the entrance. So, um I don't know. I think this is kind of, you know, 
part and parcel of where we are. I think some of the kids are anxious to kind of get on with it, to see if they're good enough, to see if they can get paid, whether it's in the first contract, the second contract, or whether it's in the NFL or a different league. Uh, it seems the kids are anxious. Right, no, they're very anxious. As for leaving after the game, players had the option, you know, if they want, you know, it's their free time. The others went back to stay college so they could get the rest of the time off before school began on Monday. So, I mean, there is there is some time off, and there was time off for them during Christmas, too, because they all spent uh, Christmas at home. Right. Well, I'm just talking about big picture, though. You know, yeah. years ago, the kids could go home in the summer. Um, there was way more freedom than it seems that a lot of these programs have now. Well, it, everything's, it seems like it's a 365 thing in a exactly. lot of ways. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it used, I'll give you an example. Uh, you and I both know, Neil, that you'd go to training camp and they'd have two days, and essentially that's where, even though you did some working out in the off season, that's where they got in shape. Well, today you'd better walk into the first day of camp completely in shape because they're not doing conditioning. They're going right to work. Yeah. Hey, Steve, you might know, uh, maybe it's even better off air, I'm just not sure what the process is for some of these kids that do declare. Okay, uh, classes start, what, Monday? Yes, they start Monday. What happens to the kids that have now declared? Pretty much clear your stuff out? Um, some of them I know went to maybe some training sites, possibly directly from the bowl game. Are you? I'm guessing your your training table privileges are gone. What happens? You know? Yeah, training table privileges would be gone, uh, but you would still have access to the Penn State weight room. Uh, you can have access to, to Dwight Galt and his staff and things like that. You know, they can. You can get an auxiliary locker there. Uh, you know, you probably get to keep your old locker for a while. But remember. I think they're going to be like ten or eleven early entries, right? You know, that doesn't, you know, so they're going to need locker space as well. But you still have access to the facilities here and so forth. But when it comes to training table and things like that, you are now on your own. You have to take whatever money you have, and it's up to you to buy your meals. It's up to you to now, you know. Now I'm sure these guys, through depending on their agent, would be getting an advance to then help them with training costs and things like that. See, this is where we talk about players getting paid on the college level, you know, between the coaching and the strength and conditioning coach and the speed coach and the training table and the nutritionist and the sports performance guy. Right. They're getting all of that in their scholarship as they go through, and I think sometimes that's forgotten. And you're also getting a heck of a lot of structure, which a lot of the kids need. So, hey, hopefully, as you say, a lot of these kids would have benefited from another year. Let's see if any of them, how high any of them go. Amani might go high, but he was due to due to uh, his eligibilities out, so uh, or up. So he uh, he may be the highest of the picks. Yeah, he probably. You know, he very well might be. I mean, we'll find out, and we'll see how they combine out. Um, uh, very quickly, Neil, what was what's your assessment now? Obviously, they've got to move forward from this, and if you're, you know, and the really good programs uh, are deep enough. Where, like for example, Mike Miranda, it's probably his time to start playing anyway. But how do you view this, and how do you view where Penn State is in 2019, at least initially? Well, I think the big thing, even if all these kids stayed, the big thing is that I think they got to figure out the quarterback. I mean, this right. guy left his heart and soul. <laughs> And uh, and part of his foot, uh, you know, he just gave them everything in, in Trace McSorley. So I mean, how many games that he willed them 
if not to victory, at least to be in. Um, so I think that's where some of it starts. But now with the offensive line, and, and it, is the defections complete? Uh, my first thought is, geez, the, the Simpson kid from Hollidaysburg, who I know was invited to walk on, but he played well against Maryland last year. Yeah. Should he have hung around? I don't know. I mean, there's more opportunity. He's a smart kid. And so anyway, um, they're going to have to replenish, I would say, starting on the offensive line. Defensively, I thought they were pretty impressive. Parsons played terrific, I thought, the other day. And uh, it looks like they have enough that they should be good on defense. Um, you know, the running back, Slade, I think were, a lot of people were anxious. They were impressed with them to see him even more. Um, receivers, uh, there seems to be young talent that supplanted even the uh, older guys as it went along. Tight end looks like a great position right now. But, uh, you know, hey, that schedule's not getting any easier. So, no. you know, when you lose your leader and you're coming off, just, you know, to me this year, Steve, I don't know, I felt that they lost at least two games when they were the better team. And that would be uh, in the Citrus Bowl, although I give Kentucky credit. Man, they came to play. Their their stars stayed there, and they wanted to make history, and and they sure did. Uh, I've got to give them credit. But Michigan State, Penn State let get away, and they outplayed Ohio State uh, long enough to win the game. Uh, so I think there's some frustration that needs to be, um, you know, kind of moved past as to get to another year. You and I have done this a long time. Uh, so this this will be off the beaten path for a moment. What do you enjoy about covering sports today? And what's the part about sports that you don't enjoy that, you know, that there's a part of you says, you know, in the old days you felt like it was handled better? Wow, that's probably a whole separate show. <laughs> yeah, probably. And now probably is. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think it was great that we had access to Sandy Barber down there, and uh, that was uh, gave us some good news. I, I think that at times um, the access has tightened up some, you know, at least at the site. Uh, we were very spoiled by Joe the morning after. Got a lot of information after, you know, you got uh, some more raw emotion from the game. You were able to put closure uh, on the season, look ahead. It was kind of an uplifting. I thought it was the best press conference of the year, win or lose. Um, But, you know, I've moved past that. Now you're going to the next day where, boom, all of a sudden the next day after the bowl game, there's a lot of, there's a lot of activity. There's changes. There's defections. There's, um, but, I, but I think there's such an emphasis on the recruiting and the, um, and the younger players, not even guys necessarily coming in, but guys being offered um, in 2020 and 2021. I think those are uh, – I'm more interested once I get here uh, but I know there's a big culture, uh, particularly with all these websites, that um, that that's uh, been prioritized. So, um, you know, I, I would say those couple things. I think you know James and Bill O'Brien before him were, were good to deal with. Their their James also meets the media briefly on um, Wednesdays in addition to Tuesdays. I'd be curious your feelings on the talk show. I thought it was a very valued uh, informational tool. Um, 
you know, when there was more interaction with the callers once upon a time. I thought that was a great showcase for uh, Joe's personality and also opened up uh, to the whole state to be able to ask unfiltered questions. Uh, not not uh, rude questions, but just more yeah. so than the scripted. Uh, I just enjoyed that uh, as kind of a must-listen um, you know, years ago, uh, but you know, then people say, "Well, you can't move on. You, <laughs> you're only looking back." And I'm trying right. not to do that. No, no, I, no. But you know, let me let the, on the talk show part. That actually wasn't anybody's decision. That was a Learfield decision. They'd started doing that more and more at other schools where they weren't taking calls. I think logistically, I think it might be easier for them. Sometimes there are other reasons for it because I too was one that enjoyed hearing the interaction with the calls, but it really is a decision that was out of our hands. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, so be it. I'm just talking about the, yeah. what the uh, the end product. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so when you talk about the the week long coverage, because we're all going right. hard, we're all have uh, a routine that we uh, we kind of follow uh, in that regard. But hey, there's still tremendous interest in the program. I feel uh, I think a lot of us that that are, have been done it for a long time feel fortunate. Uh, you know, particularly in changing media climates, uh, still fortunate to be able to be there, and there's so much interest. I, I've always felt you can't overcover Penn State football, and we've tried to approach it that right. way. And I yep. think it's it's uh, pretty well stayed that way. Yeah, and I and I agree with. Uh, look, there's no doubt that recruiting's the lifeblood of it. There's no doubt about that. I mean, but at the same time, this is where I've been bailed out because I get paid by Penn State. It's a violation for me to talk about it, so it bails me out from talking about it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Because I, well, no, because I can't follow all these guys. Can you? No, no, but there are people that do, and I do think right. that's important. You have to satisfy that that oh, thirst. Uh, and I, and I agree. With, be the, uh, I agree with that. I agree with exactly what you're saying. That they are, and they do a great job with it. I'm really glad I don't have to do it though. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, and I'm like you. Once they get here and I see them work against comparable competition, then I get a pretty good evaluation of where they are. Yeah. Um, so the rest of it would some of there would be uh, you know kind of nitpicky type of things of certain styles. People did it one way versus another way. Uh, I will say this as far as the media. Um, I think that the increasing number of night games is very challenging, particularly for the print media. Um, uh, you know, Friday night games where yes. you're colliding with high school football, yes. and we try to put together, you know, at least three full pages uh, of Penn State football displayed nicely. Those are challenges, but, um, hey, you know, television uh, drives that. Um, there'll be another one this year at Maryland, which I think will really help Maryland. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, you know, you got to be flexible enough, right, Steve? Yeah, you do. I mean, you do. Uh, it's, TV dictate. I'm going to do a game next Thursday at Nebraska at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah, right. Because and, TV uh, says and then it's get on 9 a plane, o'clock. right? Yeah, then get on a plane and come back. And you know what? Uh, you know, when it comes to doing the job, I'm having the time of my life, so really there are no complaints. <laughs> Exactly. You still enjoy it. But, you know, it's definitely a max effort. Um, you know, the, all the media leaves. The, the 
the stadiums are dark. You're hoping to be able to get out on the road that you're not locked in somewhere. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. it is a max effort. But you know what? Most of the guys that I think, um, and you've had them all on your show, uh, we all still enjoy it, and we count ourselves fortunate to, to be able to write about a product that that many people care about. Great to call you friend. Appreciate it very much, Neil. Thank you, Steve. Enjoy the basketball season. Yeah, we're doing the best we can. Thanks. All right, take care. Thank you. Neil Riddell, Altoona Mirror, will come back. Hey, by the way, picks in the final half hour with the most interesting man in New England. Not just Connecticut. We branched out. Yeah, we're getting regional here. All right. The most interesting man in New England. Yeah. I mean, he's gone from being the most interesting man in the Connecticut Valley to being the most interesting man in the state of Connecticut. Now he's the most interesting man in New England. And New England encompasses Tom Brady. We'll come back with more in a moment. On News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. Best selection of beer anywhere. You got four playoff games this weekend in the National Football League. So you want the best of imports, domestics, microbrews. You need to restock after the holidays anyway. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and dills, indeed, all together now, second to none. Thanks for participating there in the car on Routes 11 and 15. Appreciate that. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. (laughs) When's the last time I was in the studio? I've been on the road all over the place. That was so last year. (laughs) That was so... Oh, like I said yesterday, 
I woke up in Orlando Tuesday. I woke up in State College Wednesday. I woke up in Michigan Thursday, and I woke up in State College this morning. And today's show is brought to you is uh, Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We now bring in the most interesting man in New England. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, jeez, here we go. To you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Mr. Sports Guru, happy birthday to you. Yes, that's Monday. I was going to say, is that for, is that for uh, me or is that for Steve? Yeah, you both Sean. have a birthday? Sean. Because I can do it again. <laughs> well, we're commercial free till the top of the hour. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, that's true. Uh, is, is, is yours today, Sean, or is it tomorrow? It's today. It's today. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I knew I had epiphany. So. <laughs> I thought you made a New Year's resolution to stop with those epiphanies. Yeah, they don't really work very well. So. <laughs> we are Penn State. <laughs> but, but by the way, this is Sean's birthday today. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, Sean. Sean. Thanks, guys. Happy birthday. Isn't it great. Thank you, thank you. I don't feel 53, so that's a good thing. Uh, how touching how was it? Uh, 53. How touching was it when the, when the suit wished you happy birthday this morning? That's pretty good. That's fine. Because normally he doesn't recognize you You live. <laughs> <laughs> No, he did. He did. Awesome. Oh, I, I, your guys' I, I, birthdays are like a couple days apart. Yeah. yeah. And, see, this, this, and this is this is how the suit wished him happy birthday. He says, well, happy birthday. You know, I've got a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he what, won what, the what, thing what, again. Wow. One for the thumb. I come at last again. Although that was only a four-game gap between the four of us, so that wasn't too bad. Oh, it was a good one this year. It was. It could have gone anyway, you know. So, could have gone anyway. You well, know? No, I should have had an epiphany going into the picking the uh, pinstripe bull. That was the start of my downfall. So. No, mine was picking Purdue. <laughs> Thirty-four to nothing after five minutes. I was like, oh my god! At Michigan, what up? You know, I mean, it's one thing I, to lose; it's another I, I, thing I, just not to compete. I, I was just there yesterday. They are not happy campers there. <laughs> no, I mean, his job's got to be on the line. I mean, again, hey, someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. You know, but to just plain get blown off the field is just—that means your team's not ready at all. So, and I don't—I thought. That way about Miami. Miami looked like they did not want to be there. Michigan looked like they didn't want to be there. Purdue didn't have a clue, and they started getting dirty. Uh, you start wondering about those programs and where they're at. So uh, you don't mind losing as long as your team competes. You know. So now losing sucks too, but. Whatever. Yeah. That Penn State game just frustrated me so much. I was just, because I don't put a lot into the comeback, because I looked at it like, you know what? You shouldn't have had the comeback. You know, you you put yourself in a bad spot. 
And yes, kudos for coming back and making it exciting, but you never, ever should have been in that position. Not against that team. You were better than them. Yeah, well, and that's where, you know, you run the, the fake punt, it gets juggled, you don't get it, you give up three. Then there's a punt return for a touchdown. I feel like he handed him ten points. Exactly, and, it, and that's how that's, I look at yeah. the comeback. You know, you had to come back because of things you did, not yeah. because you're playing Alabama and they're a great team and you just came back and roared back into the game. You, you had to roar back because your defense is stopping them completely and then comes out after halftime and can't stop them at all. And then stopped them again. You know, you, you can't right. spot any team, at least on that level. You can't spot them points. And, and hats off to the quarterback. The kids want to toughen up. So, he is. He's a special player. Yeah. yeah, he's very special. I don't know how he'll do in the NFL. He will be drafted. But um, it doesn't matter. He will always be a favorite. So. Yep, no question. He'll always yeah. be. I've, I've did a lot of interviews and you know, obviously about him. Mm-hmm. And I've told people, like, they'll ask me, where does he stand? I said, look, he can stand side by side. With the greatest quarterbacks in Penn State history, you know he can stand yep. side by side with Kerry Collins, Blackledge, Michael Robinson. You can go through the long list of them. He can stand side by side with any of them. I just said he'll also be fondly remembered around here. Is that when Penn State was coming out of a difficult era, he spearheaded 31 wins in three years. And believe yep. me, in 12, 13, and 14, did anybody think Penn State would get 31 years in three years? No way. Not one person did. Anyone who says they did is kidding themselves. And he stuck with the program, and he would never let them lose. You know, okay, he lost a few games here or there. But, boy, they won because of him, but they never lost because of him. That's probably a pretty good way to put it. He, a kid, left it on the field. And going to miss him. Wish him well in the NFL. He'll be a good backup somewhere. Maybe the lightning will strike again. His size is going to hurt him, you know. But. Well, that's where I, that's where I, you know, I, I, I would love to see him be in the NFL. But I'll tell you right now, I think he could make. If that doesn't work, I want that to work for him badly because he deserves that. Yep. But I'll tell you right now, if that didn't work, I think he could do something in the CFL. Sure. Flutie went up there. Sure, absolutely. Very Flutie, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Then why not? I mean, if he loves to play, go play. It's, yeah. You know, you play as long as you can. But I mean, you don't know with him because he's always won anywhere he's gone. You know, yep. it, it didn't matter. It's like a lifetime Jeff Bagwell, lifetime three hundred hitter. No matter what level he played on, he batted three hundred. You know, and. Yeah. Some guys, they just excel, and he is, quote, unquote, a winner. He knows and how to you, win. And, uh, and, if you knew, and if you knew him, you'd like him even more. Really? That's great. Yep. I mean, oh. I, I really genuinely like talking to him. I really genuinely like talking to his family, his parents. I mean, you know, really nice, solid family. You know, he... he he, he kids around, you know. He's he's a communications major, and he'll oh, say, yeah. and he'll say, you know, you're gun. I'm gunning for your job. 
right? <laughs> and so I said to him, I said, remember the first couple of years when Hackenberg was here? He says, yeah. So remember how to wait your turn? <laughs> Don't forget, Steve, he doesn't lose. <laughs> yeah, I know he doesn't lose. It's okay. I, I try not to either. <laughs> I know. No, he's, he'll excel wherever he goes. He's, yeah. He just comes across that way. But, so, but he would do a great that, job in this job, too, by the way. Because he's, oh, I'm he's sure really, he would. He, he's, anything he does, he'll excel yeah, at. He'll he's give really it come a long way. I mean, because you know, we start interviewing these guys in the post game show, and it takes a little while sometimes for people to get comfortable. Once he settled in and got comfortable, yeah, we'd have him on maybe four times a year. He's the starting quarterback, so he'd be on more than other people. He'd settle in and he'd just talk in paragraphs. Was gave great insight. I mean, once he gets into doing this, if that's what he decides to do, he'll be very, very good. Good. I know a lot of the guys are putting in the booth on ESPN. They're pretty good, you know, as color guys. They're very, very good. So, I don't know. But he's young. He's got a lot of, lot, lot of I think he's got a lot of football of left in him. I think he's got a lot yeah. of football left in him. So, Well, let's hope so if it's what he wants. So, Yep. Uh, hey, you never know. Look at Drew Brees. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, the size. You know, didn't stop Drew Brees. So no. Uh, anyway, what else is up? What you been up to? Traveling, enjoying the world. <laughs> Absolutely, and and the world enjoys me traveling. They get a lot of money from it. All right. So Holy crap! <laughs> I'm supposed to be at the South Windsor Town Hall right now installing brackets. <laughs> Oopsie. Uh, oops. Well, let's make some. Let's make some picks then. <laughs> I just it just hit me. I said, "Oh my gosh!" Okay, oh well, they'll be <laughs> mad at me Monday. <laughs> nah, we'll get you out the door, or, 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 or you can, or you can leave in fifteen minutes. One of the two. <laughs> nah, they won't be open. You can only work there after. Oh boy. Oh well. Double ah, secret text. It's just a town. Look, they won't look. pick up my garbage. Yeah, look. they don't pick it up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Look, what they what they don't seem to understand is you're the most interesting man in New England. Once they grasp that concept, I'll give you some lenience. Grasp it. <laughs> so look at you, King. Hey, how about the Steelers? What up? Yeah, we talked about that enough last hour. So anyway, King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm sick of the All drama. Good, huh? I'm sick of the drama. I'm tired of it. Uh, I'm just... Yeah, last off-season, on Bell. This off-season, it's A-B. It's... Uh, it's just, uh, oh, you know what they need to do? They need to switch to the AFC East and play the league the Patriots do. <laughs> And I'm serious. The Patriots, the people don't pay enough attention to that. They win their division every year. I mean, okay, they play Buffalo twice, Miami twice, the Jets twice. You know, they don't they don't get challenged. I mean, Pittsburgh's going to play the Ravens twice. You know, they start every year five and one. They start every year five and one. Yeah, there was nobody to challenge them in the East. Pittsburgh's got to fight every year, you know. The Cincinnati game's always tough, you know. That now Cleveland's coming around, and 
And even when Cleveland stunk, they were still tough. Yeah, I just you know? hope and pray that the uh, Bengals are going to hire Hugh Jackson as their head coach next. And that's, <laughs> that's just funny. The guy's won three games in three years. Yeah, He so. gets a head coaching job. My fingers are crossed I'm going to apply. <laughs> <laughs> so, King, last week you were 4-1. and one. Not too bad. So we, we look back to week seven when you were just at 500 at 19-19. and 19. Well, since then you've gone 35-21. and 4-1 four and one last week. So you're sitting pretty good right now at 58 and 41. Steve is 62 and 37, and I'm 73 and 26. Unbelievable year, Sean. Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, you're only... setting a new world record. I don't know about that. But, but... That's really good. But, hey, straight up picking, we're making cash. So I'm just not betting. <laughs> That's the only thing. So. <laughs> That's the problem. I'm not you're, betting. You're going to get nine pickles for all your work. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy them. Yeah. So I'm ki- so I kind of have a theme as to what I'm going to go with with my picks, and and I'll share that as we go along. So, so we'll knock these games out in chronological order for round one NFL Wild Card Weekend Saturday, four thirty. You've got the ESPN ABC simulcast with Tess, Wit, and the Boogerman, and of course Penn State great Lisa Salters on the sideline. The Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans meeting for the third time this season. And I got to thinking, it was back in week four when Frank Reich made that fourth down call on uh-huh. his end of the field. I mean, that day, Houston could have gone 0-4. They may not be here in the playoffs, hadn't been for that game. True. So, but Colts-Texans tomorrow. Houston. I'm going with the Colts. Wow. Good pick. I got Houston. Whoa. Yeah. I'm going Houston. Okay. I like that defense. I love the Colts are playing great, but I, I just, because it's in Houston, I think it's a tough spot. One Even though Indy beat them there a few weeks ago. One and five. Going one and five and then making it into the playoffs. One of the great stories this season. Yeah. Good so, for the area, too. So Saturday night, 8-15, on Fox, Buck, Aikman, Andrews. It is the Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. Go ahead, Steve, say it. <laughs> Seattle, I won't pick Dallas. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Sean, the, the Giants played last week, Dallas, and should have won the stupid game. And I was thinking, God, we should have picked that game. Steve has been going nuts, and then Dallas won anyway. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see anything. I was flying all day. No, no, it was torture. Put it this way. Barkley is just playing an unbelievable game, okay? he's Without Barkley, they do nothing. Now they get the ball back. Their defense lets Dallas go all the way down the field and score. They get the ball back. All they need is a freaking field goal. Dallas is celebrating, gets a 15-yard penalty. The Giants get the ball uh, almost a 50-yard line after the kickoff. They need about 12 yards to get into field goal range. Four plays. Barkley never touches the ball. All he had to do was dive in the air four times. He'd have got 15 yards. I, 
you know, I mean, my God, the, 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 as a head coach, you put the ball in your best player's hands when it's crunch time. If you lose, wow. oh well. Well, that was that's our a, best that's shot. Cleveland Browns Eli's and the Ravens throwing last the week. ball in the stands. He's doing all this crap. And, oh man, I'm throwing that's, crap at the TV. It was a mess. Well, that's that's the Browns Ravens game. It's a game we had down in Orlando. So Jack and I are watching the game, and now you're the Browns point blank. And we start discussing a couple of play calls we like to see. And they called the four worst plays you could possibly call on the planet. I looked at him. I said, all you do for a living is football. And those are the four best plays you can come yeah. up with? It's unbelievable, <laughs> some of this stuff. You, you just, you're like, ah, unbelievable. Barkley didn't touch the ball, didn't even get targeted. My God, you're like, my God, you only need 12 yards. Give it to the Mr. World over here. He'll plow him over and get it. He'll dive through the air. He'll do whatever. But anyway, we better hurry up. <laughs> I got Dallas. I am also taking the Seahawks, like wow. Stefano. Good picks, guys. Good picks. They, they, they will be if they pan out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't trust myself. <laughs> so, like, oh, so, wow. so now the Sunday laugh. games. The Sunday games. The early one at 1. You've got a rematch of a game just a couple of weeks ago, a Saturday night game. You've got the Los Angeles Chargers going cross-country to take on the Baltimore Ravens. That'll be your 1 p.m. game on CBS on Sunday. This is a gigantic test for Lamar Jackson. Here's the reason why. It's the first time he's had to face a repeat game. Because right now, Baltimore is doing something offensively that nobody else in the league is doing. And so they're catching everybody off guard. They don't have any time to prepare for it. The Chargers are the first team that get a second shot at it. That's why I find it interesting. Now... That said, I think Baltimore's defense is too good. They'll win. But it would be interesting to see how the Chargers handle Jackson because it's the first time he's had to face somebody twice. A tremendous athlete. Oh. Can't throw the save his soul, but he's a great athlete. Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore. I um, Nobody wants to play them. That's a one nasty team. Um, I got Baltimore. Because of the reason... You just said, Steve, you know, Lamar Jackson can't pass to save his soul. Phillip Rivers can, and I'm taking the Chargers. Now, if that game would have been, if that game would have been maybe played in September or in October, I probably would have taken Baltimore. But since it was just a couple of weeks ago, Chargers will get it figured out. I'm going to take Los Angeles. Very you're nice. going to bury me, Sean, if you're right. Holy <laughs> well, I'm already buried. <laughs> 20 games yeah. back. Final, 23. <laughs> final game of the weekend, Eagle 107, on Sunday afternoon. By the way, all four of these games you'll be able to hear here on WKOK with Westwood One. We've got every NFL playoff game here. But if you want to catch Merrill and Mike and Howard on Sunday on Eagle 107, 3 p.m. pregame, 440, the kick from Soldier Field, Philly and the Chicago Bears. we got a little over a minute to go. The Bears. Okay. I got St. Nick. I got the Eagles. I think they're on a roll. I am also going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. So The Bears. Bears, huh? Okay. <laughs> How about Alabama Clemson? 
Uh, Alabama, and I think Alabama will bury them. I've also I got, got Clemson. Look right, at what you, kept, Clemson. What, what kept Oklahoma in it was the incredible mobility of Kyler Murray. Lawrence doesn't even remotely have that kind of mobility. Got a great defense. Yeah, I'm also taking Alabama. So anyway, the reason why I took the Colts, Seahawks, Chargers, and Eagles, I just think all four of those quarterbacks are better passers compared to their opponents on the other side of the field. You're very yeah. right. Passers. No, I understand that. Yeah. I took Happy the better birthday, football guys. teams. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're talking smack and now you're talking smack in week nineteen. All right. That's exactly right. Yes. Happy birthday, Sean. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.